All right, on this week of Guy Talking Sports, NBA Finals, the Western Conference, is Cavaliers going to screw it up, and the NBA Draft. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here with two of my boys. I got my man Adrian, I got my man Al. Um, so guys, say hello, say what's up to everyone. How you feeling? What's going on everybody? Um, I'm sorry I jumped in. What's going on everybody? How's everybody out there doing? Me right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy right now. But we'll talk about that on the podcast. Man, it's Tuesday and I'm making soup. I don't know what's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, before we get started, definitely want to put a special shout out there to all the people in Manchester, England. I know we talk about sports, but we do sometimes have to, you know, acknowledge some things that happen in this world, which is not always right. But um, I want to send a special shout out to the people in Manchester and hopefully, it's, you know, has been injured in that blast. Um, come back 100% healthy. I second that. Amen to that, man. Amen to that. So we're going to get right into it. So we got a lot of things we want to talk about. Of course, the uh, the um, the playoffs, the Western Conference, um, Western Conference has been decided. The Eastern Conference is still yet to be decided. Um, so right now, Boston and Cleveland are at it. Um, score is fifty-one. Boston forty-one. Cleveland and Cleveland leading two-one at home. So, um, guys, what do you think about – before we get to the game, what do you think about the playoffs wrapping up so far? Has it been any kind of surprises, boring, interesting, or has it been pretty much what you expected? I, I, I still think it's going five, Cleveland at five. Um, they – I think they got a little complacent. Game three played – I guess they figured they had it in the bag. Counted, counted Boston out, especially with Isaiah Thomas being down and not playing for the rest of the series. But um, I, I still call uh, Cavs in five. Golden State, on the other hand, is whatever. Once Kawhi went down, that was a wrap. I mean, there's not even much to discuss about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, um, I will say this um, in regards to the Golden State, um, San Antonio. Um, I hopefully don't want to see this being Manu Ginobili's last game. Um, I think he's a very crafty player. I liked him as a player. Um, I hope he doesn't retire. Um, but like you said, Golden State, they're just on a mission right now. And to be honest, they're a lot more focused. Um, I know this week's been all talk about who will lose first between the Cavs and Golden State. And obviously, you know, Golden State seems, though, like they're more focused right now and on a mission. I really believe that um, the Spurs, despite losing Kawhi Leonard, um, really didn't have much to offer. Um, they did the best that they could. I think now the Spurs realize, number one, how um, – ineffective LaMarcus Aldridge was in this series and whether or not they're going to do something about that um, in the future is in question. Um, not only that, uh, the question of Tony Parker, um, some of the agents, I will say this, the one key spot on um, that whole series to me was Jonathan Simmons from where he was um, basically had to buy his way to get on to the team to where he is now. And I'm pretty sure that come free agency, he's going to get a huge payday. Um, to do, and he did his best to um, replace Kawhi, even though he's not Kawhi Leonard at, at, you know, 
to begin with. Uh, so I really think Jonathan Simmons did a great job um, in this series, although that it was short-lived. And Golden State right now is just on a mission right now. I just don't see anyone at this point. I know um, Cleveland has, you know, a good chance to be where they are right now. But I just don't see them at a point where they can stop Golden State at the moment. I think Golden State right now is hell-bent on being um, the NBA champions. Now, getting back to the Cleveland-Boston real quick, um, I would like to say this as an NBA fan. I would like to say thank you, Boston. Um, basically because I did not really – I wanted something out of this. Um, I didn't know San Antonio was going to give it to me, but I – Surely you do appreciate as a – and I'm not really a Boston Celtics fan because of what they did to my Brooklyn Nets. Um, but all in all, um, i like to thank them because, to be honest, they showed the heart that I was looking for, even with Isaiah Thomas out for the rest of the series. And to be honest, the way that they're playing now, it seems as though that they're doing a lot more better without him, sounds like. Um, I really, really am puzzled the fact that, you know – how Brad Stevens can do the things that he does with the team that he has. He really doesn't have a superstar outside of Isaiah Thomas. And then when the superstar goes down, he does the impossible to get the, pe- the team more fired up. To be honest, it reminds me sort of of what the San Antonio um, Spurs does with their culture, um, where they don't really have a true superstar, but yet they do whatever it takes as a team to win games. And what this shows me is, is that, number one, if Cleveland don't get their act together, they're going to have a short series against Golden State. And more so, the fact is, is that the way Boston is playing right now, they're playing with a lot more heart and determination. It feels, though, that they're playing like they're the team that's going to close Cleveland out. And if Cleveland don't get their act together shortly, this is going to be really a series where it could go six or seven games. Yeah, I agree. I think on the West Coast, I think that uh, West Coast, on the Western side, I mean, going to state, my pick was them to make it to the finals. And I think they didn't disappoint. I thought that the dogfight out of any playoff series is probably going to be, you know, San Antonio Golden State. But of course, you know, you had Tony Parker got injured, you know, early in the playoffs and he was out. Then Kawhi Leonard with that appearance of a dirty play or whatever, but he rolled his ankle and he just wasn't the same. So they really had, you know, two, two of their, you know, people that can actually create their own shots. After that, you were left with an old man of Ginobili who still was trying to make some happens. And Marcus Aldridge, who needs someone to set up, he needs a point guard, he needs someone to kind of get him set up. And he's not that, he's not that kind of um, player. He's not that, that dog down that's going to sit there and demand the ball and take it. He needs someone to set him up, and he's another player. And it was obvious once I knew once Kawhi Leonard was out and not coming back, I knew it was just a matter of whether it was going to be. I thought they might at least give one game to them, but I mean, I think you could you could hear the pop's voice after the second after that second game. He just conceded that they couldn't beat them, and he knew what was going to happen. And it was a sweep, and I was just unfortunate I didn't see that happen. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers have been definitely surprising me this playoff series because I thought once Isaiah Thomas went down that they might really put the foot on the gas and just take it home. But their defense, which has always been suspect all season, is getting exposed a tad bit because now you can't focus all your attention on Isaiah Thomas. As great as he is, and he played a hell of a season, 
all of that offense flowed through him. Now you got a problem because you don't really know who's going to go through. Is going to go through Smart, which is going through sort of right now. You know, Olenek, you know, Crowder. I mean, they don't know where to go. So you have to actually defend for a whole 24 seconds. And you have to defend not just one spot on the court. You have to defend the entire court. And I'm sorry, you got two ex-New York Knicks on there. You got J.R. Smith and Ahmad Shumpert and their liabilities, which are becoming liabilities right now. So, I mean, my guess is that Cleveland will probably be able to pull this out probably in five, maybe six. But you're right. If they are having problems defending this, and if you go up against Golden State, and they're all hitting, especially if you have um, – uh, oh, I think, I think Clay Thompson hitting – well, my opinion is the X factor because if he's hot, and we can talk about the finals later, but if he's hot, I don't see Cleveland being able to defend four players popping off at the same time. They can't, and they won't. They just got to hope that they can. I think Cleveland, in my opinion, would have to somehow neutralize Clay Thompson and neutralize uh, what's my man. The man I can't stand to love. Um, Draymond. Draymond. Draymond Green. Oh, I like Draymond. Yeah. Well, Draymond's cool. I mean, I got to know. You know, it's just there's, there always has to be that tough guy, that tough-minded guy in every every squad. I mean, he just so happens to be their tough guy. Um, you have to if you you have to contain those two. If you contain those two, then um, and then you will definitely give yourself a pretty good shot because Steph. And uh, Durant is going to go. They're, they're going to go off. You, you know, they're they're liable to both drop thirty, but you can't have those two drop thirty and Clay Thompson drop twenty eight and Draymond give you a quadruple double and you don't expect to win, because no matter how nice of a game Cleveland's big three can definitely have, I don't see where a fourth person is ever going to step up to be that 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 neutralizer or that equalizer to their big four. And not only that, Golden State has the one thing that they have that edge right now. Um, there's a couple of factors into this. You know, losing to Cleveland last year um, in the finals, the way that they lost in the finals, the hunger that Kevin Durant has because now he wants to win a championship. The fact that, you know, their head coach right now is not even with them. Um, they're playing for so many different things right now. Um, it's scary. Because, like I said before, they're on a mission. And with those factors in play, I could easily see – I know that there's talks about, you know, the Warriors um, going to sweep Cleveland. I don't buy that at all. Don't get me wrong. Because there has been there has been rumors saying that if Golden State goes undefeated throughout this whole playoffs, there's already talked about them being one of the best playoff teams. And I'm saying don't, you know, slow your roll. Don't, don't rush that. Um, because Cleveland is still the champions for a reason, and you got to respect them for that. But I will say this, you know, with so much going on, you cannot give – I mean, I, I have to give the edge to Golden State because they have a hunger of to win, and they have that desire to win. And I don't think that Cleveland right now is on that path. I mean, from last night's game alone where you had the, the – you had Boston beat at halftime. There should have been no reason why Boston came back. And you're going to tell me that the person that you that helped the team come back in, Marcus Smart, the person that rarely shoots threes, makes threes to begin with, hit seven out of ten, 
and you can't stop them from coming, you know, from erasing that debt and then taking the lead, then winning their game, that alone shows me that there's a problem. And like you said, Earl, it's a problem with their defense. And until they get that squared away. I don't think it's I don't think there's so much a problem with their defense. I just don't think they respected the game of Marcus Smart. But you have to look at Marcus Smart from you gotta you have to look at his entire body of work. Marcus Smart ain't really live up to all the hype that where he came out of you know came out of college. He's been he's been a backup guard pretty much. You know somebody can give you you know seven and two or nine and three. He's never been that dude to sit there and you know explode for twenty seven points. Now it came at a great time, but even still. You know, it came down to a lucky bounce on a Chris a, uh, on Avery's three, or Avery Bradley, three mm-hmm. for them to actually win the game. Now, no, but okay. no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, but here's my argument to that because, and this is what makes Boston, this is what makes Brad Stevens the the the, the one of the best coach, coaches around in the NBA because you never know who's that type of player to go off. Like this last game was market smart. Game seven between Boston and Washington, it was Kelly Olynyk. So he, they have a well-rounded of players that can actually can do some things. Um, they can actually score when they need to. The problem is Cleveland don't know. I can't isolate that one person. And to be honest, Cleveland's game plan was simple with Isaiah Thomas. As long as LeBron James is sticking Isaiah Thomas, then that's it. They're where's the offense is going to come from? Now people are trying – the Boston is figuring out that there's other key players that they can use on the offensive side as well. No matter whether – who could say that next game is – or who say that this game it could be Amir Johnson or, um, you know, Avery Bradley is going to give you the numbers. You know, Al Horford is going to give you your numbers. You now know that Marcus Smart is going to be key in their offense as well. So they're going to try and stop him. But it could be somebody else off the bench, like Gerald Green can go off for – a certain amount of offensive points. So it's they have a balance there. Um, as long as ex- someone is executing and going beyond that, Boston has a good shot to win because Cleveland's defense, to me, is still not as on point as it should be, especially in playoff time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think what the Celtics did, I watched the second half of that game. I mean, I agree. It was a lucky bounce that he got to, for that game one and three. But the hell, she didn't even got to that point. You had him down 21 points in the third quarter. That was the time where you should have just put your foot on their necks and called it a game. But like you said, it was not that they didn't have respect for Marcus Smart. I don't think they have respect for the whole Celtics team as a whole. I mean, you beat them by, what, 20-something the first game. You blew them out by 30-something the second game at home. You up by 21 in the third quarter at home. Heck, I would sit back and be coasting if I could. And like you said, they just – they took the foot off the gas. They didn't give him any respect. They thought that they could turn, or at least LeBron thought he could, quote, unquote, turn it on when they want to. And he just couldn't, you know, he couldn't get that shot off. And you, Boston has nothing to lose at this point. They have no Isaiah Thomas. No one expects them to win. Everyone expects it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland. So for them, they're playing with, with no pressure. All the pressure, in my opinion, is on Cleveland to win. Now, they win tonight, and I think it I think it ends it whether it's going to be five or six. But if Cleveland loses tonight, then that's going to be some pressure on um, Cleveland. And they haven't pressed in this entire um, playoffs at all. So 
if I'm Cleveland, you want to end it tonight and then go back to Boston and put this thing to bed. You don't want this thing to linger and fester. Well, I think this is this uh, this adversity is kind of good for them because they're going to be facing that adversity come game one of the, uh, of the championship. So they need they need to go through this. Um, they need to have their backs put up against the wall because everybody's complaining that the East is lackluster. You know, the East doesn't have any power or anything. It's Cleveland's just going to blow through. But this goes to show that Boston is a little bit more than just like Al said, a little bit more than just Isaiah Thomas. And they have some sort of a blueprint of how to play Cleveland and how to frustrate LeBron. Obviously, if he already has four fouls and he's sitting on the bench, they must be doing something right to aggravate him a little bit, you know, let him play out of place. But um I don't I don't see I, I'm sticking with my gun saying it's gonna go five. Um if it goes six, it goes six, but um, I, I don't see how Boston would get out of this. But in the same sense, if, like Al said, and yourself, E, um, if uh, Cleveland doesn't get their act together and act like, you know, they have some sort of sense of urgency and act like they want this, they're, gonna, they're not going to get blown out in the championship, but I could easily see maybe going five or six games, you know. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, to be honest, it almost looks as though like they're playing the same way they played right before the playoffs start. And the way it looks right now, that's a scary sign, if that is true. And I'm sorry, but, the, the, like, I'm not going to say, like, you know, I, I, if they continue at this pace, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't know if they could be actually – this may go seven. I'll stick, I'll stick, come out on a limb on this. It may go seven because I, they have to figure it out as quickly as possible. Now, whether or not they do it, that's on them. Um, but if they don't, this is going to last a lot longer than expected or a lot closer. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say it's, the game's going to be a lot closer than a 26 game or, you know, 26 point blowout or anything like that. And I will say this. Brad Stevens, to me, I'm starting to respect him more and more as a coach because with the talent that he has, he is doing a lot. He's done a better job than Toronto has. Yeah. And Toronto had the, the, the Rosen. Um, they, they, you know, they have a better team. But Brad Stevens, he is coaching Boston like, like it's, you know, he has nothing to lose. And I got to respect him for that, like, yeah. all jokes aside. Yeah, for my opinion, I think Toronto, I think they gave up after um, – they gave up in the last two games and just basically called it a night. So, yeah, there you have it. But I'm going to segue over because now we're going to have all this talk. You know, let's say uh, Cleveland Purple that Cleveland comes back and win in five or six, and they come back. And let's say they beat the Golden State or even sweep Golden State. Now, there's been a lot of talk about whether – Jordan, if LeBron is on that pedestal with Jordan. So what do you think about LeBron? If he wins in convincing fashion in the finals, do you put him up there with Jordan past Kobe, or, do you, or is he still not in that conversation at all? How many – would this one make, what, four rings? Yep. Because he's got two with Miami, one with Cleveland. Yep. No, how can, you, how can you put him up there with Jordan? Jordan has six rings. Jordan did it with one team. 
not that I'm saying that you can't do it with multiple teams, but Jordan did it with, I, I, you know, it's a different era, different time, with different style of play. But um, LeBron is LeBron, man. I mean, he's he got four, four rings are hard to get. Kobe got five. His last two, I would I would I would say were probably more difficult based on the talent he had around him than his first three. You know, so. Uh, nah, he's still top five, but I don't think he's number one. You know, and realistically, you know, LeBron could be could 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 be top ten depending on who you're. The top five is such a topsy turvy. I mean, MJ number one, but then if you want to talk all time greats, you could put Wilt, you could put you could uh, Kareem, you could put so many different other players. And I think Wilt has. So many rings. I don't even know how many he has. Kareem has a, a ton of rings. I mean, are you just basing this on rings? Are you basing this on type of play? I mean, it's all subjective. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Like, it all based on what is it that you're looking for. Everybody has a different criteria. Um, everybody has a different, you know, if it's based on rings, then, of course, you can't put them above Kobe or Jordan. I mean, to be honest, you can't really even put them over Tim Duncan if you want to include that in the mix. Or, you know, those are the type of things that is, um, those are the type of things that I, I would have to factor in. Um, right now, my opinion, humble opinion, I'm, I, he's up there, but the, the whole history behind it, um, the fact that I will give him credit because he's been to finals, straight finals, I think now, what is it, since going on this would be seventh straight final appearance so i i definitely respect him for that um he has one ring so i you know i can't knock him for that i will say this if he wins this year he's still not close um i think another two or three championships at the most would i would then rank him uh, to be honest i would put him probably above jordan or um kobe depending on Depending on what happens through from here on, um, I'm not going to say right now that he's in a, he's overtaking him um, because to be honest, Jordan's been undefeated when he went to the finals. Um, Kobe has a better record in the finals than LeBron does. I mean, matter of fact, Tim Duncan has most likely has a better record than LeBron does in the finals as well. So I, I respect him as a player. I think he's one of the top. Uh, I, as far as small forwards, he's probably one of the greatest of all time. I'll give him that. Um, but as far as the best um, pure athlete, um, the things that he does, I could see that. Um, but I just can't put him up there as far as his legacy is concerned. Um, as far as the championships that he won, the championships he's lost. I mean, to be honest, last, his last game, this last game with the, him losing to Boston, he had only 11 points. Like, Jordan would never be at that, you know, would, would never go to that, to that point. Um, Kobe wouldn't average, uh, would give you 11 points in their game, um, especially when it comes down to, you know, your, your team is winning by 21 points. So, like, all those things factor in. I'm, you know, I, I just can't put him up there right now. I would like to see how his, his, his legacy ends um, before I would rank him up there. And there are still a lot of, um, past greats that I think are still are still a little bit heads above LeBron at this point. 
You have an agreement. I always say that you have to really follow the body of work. And right now, LeBron's body of work is still incomplete um, at this particular point. And then I always think about, well, you know, Jordan and, you know, Kobe. I mean, Jordan and LeBron are playing in two different eras. I mean, you know, you know, Jordan played in a much more, you know, different era where the game was called much differently. You know, the, you know, the degree of difficulty from Jordan's perspective with the talent that he had around him and the talent that he played against is much more, in my opinion, tougher than what LeBron has had over the last couple of years. And you, like you said, it's the rings. And for me, I was like, always say, can you take, can Jordan do what he did back in his playing days in this era now? And could you take LeBron, put him back there in the, you know, you know, the nineties and everything in that era. And could LeBron beast like he beasts now? From Jordan, Jordan will probably do it, you know, times two in this era with the way the game, the league is called, the way everything is so soft, thanks to the Knicks and, you know, you know, David Stern. But if you put LeBron back in the day against the Bad Boy Pistons, the Knickerbockers, when there was a much more physical game, I don't know. I mean, LeBron has the tendency of being a little whiny and a bit soft when someone, you know, gets physical with him and he doesn't like it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, the body work is still incomplete. This is his third championship. I mean, third um, finals win, maybe four. I don't know. But the body work is still incomplete. And I always say that he's the best all-around player in the NBA. But um, right now, if I had to put the ball in the hands of one person, without, it would be either Jordan or Kobe. LeBron would be like fourth or fifth in my, in my opinion. But like I said, the body work is still incomplete. It would be interesting to see LeBron playing in the, the early to mid-90s, when, but late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s, when you were real rugged, rough and rugged. Like, you knew the Knicks didn't care. You, you, you definitely knew the Pistons didn't care. If you were coming down the middle, they were going to knock you down to your butt. And they told you they were going to do <laughs> knock you down. And they did. Yep. And... I would have liked to see how LeBron's body type, because if I took LeBron's body type, he kind of reminds me of Xavier McDaniels as a body type, but just way more athletic and can still do a lot more than X-Man could ever do. And, you know, X-Man was over there just knocking folks down like he was in the league. It would have been interesting to see how those, the bodies would have collided back then and who would have, you know, would have left, who would have been left standing could LeBron finish the way he used to finish, or would he just get too scared and not come down the middle because he's, he's going to get knocked down every time? It would have been an interesting scenario. Yeah, I definitely – I agree. I mean, he's – like I said, he's, he's a gifted player, the best all around at this time, but two different eras. I mean, the closest person I could put there would be Kobe when they were kind of – Kobe was not on the back nine of his career, but he definitely kind of lost all the luster with the whole Colorado thing. And then LeBron was coming up. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still favor Kobe over LeBron or even or Jordan over LeBron. I mean, but we'll have to see. So with that being said, I know we had briefly mentioned something about the draft. <laughs> I know all the Nets fans are, are hating on the Celtics how they had that bad deal, you know, years ago, which cost them this pick and what, next year's pick, I think? 
Yeah, but we're not hating on Boston. Um, that was a Billy King, um, Mikhail Pokerov that the fans are hating. But continue. I didn't. But I, I didn't like the, I, I didn't like the trade when they did it because I thought that Pierce and Garnett was like, you know, on really on that back nine, and you had no need to trade for him. But either say, so what do you guys think about the draft? I mean, Celtics got number one, Lakers got number two, and Philly has number three. Um, so what do you think? Who's winners, losers, or or any unexpected surprises you might see coming out of this draft? Well, like I know Al and I had this conversation last week. Oh, God. We could talk about this ad nauseum, but it doesn't really matter. Like, they're talking about that kid from – and I still don't know his name. The kid from Washington, Washington State. Mark Yeah, him. Talking about he could be a good, a good uh, point guard for the Celtics. And like, what exactly, what would make him so dynamic that he's just going to come in and just drastically change the way Boston plays now? No different than Lonzo Ball. I mean, the Lakers are obviously, they're bad. But is Lonzo going to come in and score 25 and 10 a game to improve their stock? No. What rookie outside of LeBron, outside of KG, outside of maybe uh, – I don't know. Um, Dwight Howard, maybe when he first came in, was so dynamic in the you know as top picks or top five picks that ever changed the landscape of a team. Especially nowadays with these these kids coming out as, as freshmen or redshirt sophomores. I mean, it's just a crapshoot. It truly is a crapshoot. Marcus Smart, perfect example. The dude has been a bum, and then of course now he explodes. <laughs> <laughs> he explodes in game game three of the of the, of the playoffs. Talk about Marcus Smart, this Marcus Smart, that. I'm like, come on. Talk, how about this? We we we'll say this is May 23rd, 9:53 p.m. We'll revisit this three years from now to see how the top ten is going, because it's even worth discussing. Okay, I'm done with that. That's my that's my. <laughs> Look, all I gotta say is is that um, in a nutshell, uh. This draft is going to be interesting to see how things go. Like Adrian said, there's really no not no top selection that's going to impact the draft. I mean, impact the team. But we'll just see how it plays along. Um, there's going to be some ice sleeper wise that nobody's expecting. Um, almost similar to how Joel and B came in, and nobody was expecting him to be as a great player. Well, not a great player, but a good player as he was. So we'll see how things play. Years. It took them well, three years. <laughs> all right, okay, yes. Right, uh, yeah, but like you said, nobody's going to have that impact like they used to have. But we'll see how things progress, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, the projected, you know, uh, mock drafts. I mean, all of them are – all of them freshmen and sophomores. So you're looking at basically two- to three-year projects of most of the players in it before they can really show any kind of – you know, real good stuff. So I agree. A crap shoot through and through. All right, guys. So we are definitely coming down to the wire here. So um, um, before we go, anybody got any last comments or thoughts or anything going on? And nope. in a in head shake. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, no, nothing. No, nothing sports related at this point. Um, I already did my rant. 
from last week. So I'm I'm pretty much okay for right now. I don't have a rant this week, so I am good. <laughs> All right, well, guys. Oh, well, okay. I, I do have one thing to say. I just I just remember this. Um, for the longest time, I've been giving out the incorrect Twitter handle for myself. Um, so I, I I would like to <laughs> to clarify that my Twitter handle has been wrong. I I have so many usernames for so many different things. I just uh, I get things mixed up. But my Twitter handle, and I know this is where you're going, is catdaddy1963. Catdaddy1963 on Twitter. Thank you. And now, where can they where can they reach you at? Uh, real quick, you can reach me at I am Al Qualls on Twitter and on Instagram. I am Al Qualls on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to check out Instagram because I post my clips on there as well of my fans. So check out Instagram as well. All right, you can catch me on uh, the corner of Columbia and Leland and Plainfield. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Actually, you can catch me. Uh, <laughs> you can reach me at uh, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, or um, Twitter, J-E-R-O-S-S, the number seven, at. And that is our time, guys. Thank you for um, everybody subscribing, you know, to the podcast, you know, listening to us. We really appreciate this. Give us more of your feedback, more of anything that you can tell us, any topics you want us to discuss, anything that we haven't discussed, you know, let us know. And we'll definitely put it in. So until the next time, this is us, Guys Talking Sports, signing out. Ow, ow. Ow. Stay good. Stay, po- stay up, Manchester. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs>